How are we doing today? How are we doing? Um, I, as well, a from what I hear, oh yeah, the royal we. That's right. And by that, that I don't mean the royal we, because it's actually us. The kingdom of layer by layer. A scale of one to ten, how are we? Roughly six point seven one. Sure, we'll go with that. Yeah, that's uh, a number. <laughs> Welcome to Layer by Layer, uh, your six point seven one out of ten podcast. <laughs> If you want to get in touch with us, and by that I mean comment on us, go to our oh. subreddit. Seems a little personal there, but okay. <laughs> just like yeah, just specifically just comment on us. You can take that literally or figuratively. I don't know what it means to do either of those. Um, it's layer by layer. It's a subreddit. Today is Wednesday, April third, twenty nineteen, and I should probably mention the logo. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Did we do um, it? <laughs> so our logo was created by Sarah Cook, who is awesome. Follow-up. All right. Um, so <laughs> we have follow-up today. We uh, I think we actually should have more than this because shouldn't we have a world record check-in? Didn't, like, clock happen or something? Yeah, clock happened, which hilariously was my backup pick after FMC. But was it? Wait, did a clock single or average happen? I don't it was even single. remember. It was single. Okay, I'm pretty sure it was clock average that we were talking say, oh, was about it? probably oh, not happening. Whew, okay. I think <laughs> so. For se- I, I swore I picked single. Because Lauren's been ragging on me about that. Wait, actually, maybe it was. Because you also... Oh, I don't remember if you... I, I just don't remember at all. Um, but we'll get to that. I wanted to do my other follow-up first. Because okay. it's in the show notes above it, and we have rules here, Kit. We got to do things in order. Um, so last time, we were talking about a cubing battle royale, and Gan, as you may know, has released their three, or not released, been teasing. Have they released it? I don't actually know. Uh, it's a cube called the 356i, which is, you know, it's another one of them uh, smart cubes. And Grown. I, oh, wait, what's your problem with the 356i? Uh, just ugh, more smart cubes. I just, I don't know. It's just another headache to worry about WCA oh, yeah. perspective. That's why it's just kind of yeah. grown to And it me. looks even more like a normal cube, and it's yeah. like a GAN cube and stuff. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, but they did release a video uh, where you can, like, compete with someone and race them, yep. and you can, like, see their cube and stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, I was like, this seems like this technology could be modified into a Battle Royale thing pretty easily, because, like, we already have the sharing of your solve simultaneously thing. Of course, multiplying that by 98 or whatever, uh, probably not the easiest thing, but it, at least there's the idea there. Yeah, I also don't know how, like, you would exactly attack other players. This is something that I sort of thought about um, a little bit after the mm-hmm. last episode. Since you're scrambling the cube, you can, like, verify whether it is accurately scrambled based on a scramble sequence. Mm-hmm. So what you can do is kind of like send people more scramble sequences. I still don't know exactly what like the lose condition is. Like when do you get knocked out? Right. But if you have to scramble and solve your own cube, then that adds a pretty easy way to attack other people, which is just like sending them more scrambles. So this is like real man battle royale. Yeah. Cubing. <laughs> I-, I think that if you want to have a physical component and not have it just be like all simulator, mm-hmm. then it has to be. Like the scrambling has to be part of it, unless you're gonna assign an extra scramble, an extra scrambler to every single person. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. The only other thing I think we mentioned this last time, but LEDs instead of stickers on the cube. 
Right, yeah, but that's just like with the technology we have, right. uh, that's that would be a ways off in the future. For sure, for sure. Um, I mean, it'd be really funny though, like uh, if you could attack somebody, um, like if an attack that you could do on someone is like twist two of their corners. <laughs> That'd be great. Or so like, like flip two edges. Cube. Yeah. And that's such an annoying thing to fix too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, I, I think it'd be really funny if like you did have a uh, LED powered cube that like you can have attacks coming in different forms like based on like uh I, how, mm-hmm. like when you when you've solved up enough like cubes or I don't know exactly how it would work but you know con- meeting some condition to gain like attack power you could actually kind of implement that with the system we have if you have like a virtual cube that you manipulate with your physical cube mhm like oh, true. in the, the in the GAN video thing they had they showed like a virtual cube on the screen for the other person you're racing against Mm-hmm. You could just do that with your own cubes. You're looking at that and like solving your other your own cube under right, the table. Yeah. So you're yeah, you're just like not looking at the real cube, kind of using it as if it were like a controller or something. Yeah, and then and then you could do the whole like corner twisting attacking thing. And That'd stuff. be kind of cool. That would open up a lot of avenues. Yeah, I mean, I really hope that people that program are like listening to this. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> And that, like, have the time and motivation to be doing something like that. <laughs> it would be so good, though. They'd sell so many, like, GAN 356Is if they made this. I guarantee it. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem, too, is that, like, you, yeah, you need high participation. Uh, you need high participation for this to make this work well. And if this is just some one-off thing that somebody, like, creates, it's not going to have as great participation rates as compared to, like, it's built in to the like stock app that comes with the cube i i, I think it really would be a big draw though because these games are so popular and like if it was implemented well like i could see my i don't think i i don't have any plans right now to get a smart cube but if this were a thing i think i would yeah for sure i, I mean the it seems like the um what is it the go cube people are pretty like they they listen to a lot of people's like ideas and support things like that mm-hmm be interesting to see if uh you know that would if they would if they'd be interested in doing some sort of battle royale mode yeah that'd be really cool Who, who's got time to reach out to people <laughs> that's what we have listeners for right 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 yes <laughs> listeners somebody who's interested go reach out to GoCube. or just yeah, make noise in general that's right yeah yeah do my, do it doesn't my, matter any of them get any my, of those big get any of the smart cubers to do it do my bidding <laughs> it mean, definitely be cooler if they made a like a led sort of cube thing too but same time i feel like that the um you know even having it on screen as long as the cube you know had a gyroscope for tracking motion yeah which the 356i does supposedly mm-hmm. yeah it could it's feasible that you could just be looking at the screen and never looking at the cube for sure i don't know i i would need to be more impressed by the quality of these smart cubes the geiker cubes are pretty bad they're also really like cheap for what they are they are very cheap they're just yeah, the, the quality of them in terms i mean my, my i have the very original version of it and one of the sides just you know 50 percent of the time will not register the move mm. that i do mm-hmm. uh so yeah I, i'm curious i don't know i'm interested if the new version's better but not enough to pay more money for another yeah. one trust is lost already 
So speaking of losing trust, um, <laughs> the clock world record. Let's talk about that now. Uh, okay. Do you do you know much more about this? I don't really follow clock or anything, so I just heard that it happened. You expect uh, that I do? That's fair. I well, it is your or it was your one thing keeping you denemesized for a while. Yeah, it was. That doesn't mean I actually keep up with this stuff, though. I I feel like uh, I stopped caring about clock when I got a top 10 average in the world five years ago. That was very lucky for me at the time and would still be pretty lucky today, I feel, even, too. But um, I'm, I'm still curious if that was what I picked, like if it was single that I picked or average that I picked. I feel like when I was talking about it, I thought average. I don't I I'm I always feel like single is more likely to be broken than average in something. So I feel like I would go with average. Wait, do I, I think mean, that? I, I don't know if I think that. I in might. 3 in 3 by 3 currently, average is way more likely to be broken than single currently. That's true. That's true. So I mean, it really depends on the what the records are for that event currently. Yeah. So I would I wouldn't agree in that for that statement in general, but I do think that just because it takes, you know, luck alone can carry you to a record. Mm-hmm. that um you know maybe we we i think that we generally tend to overvalue how unbeatable single records are if that th- i think that's what you maybe you're trying to get at and i definitely agree with that i think i'm probably one of the people that i i'm pr- probably one of the few people that thinks that the three by three world record single will go down like within the next two years yeah two years maybe i don't know it's gonna be close but yeah uh, I, I'm now I'm curious to know whether or not you were actually completely wrong or just like almost completely wrong about the world record thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we should take better notes of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know that's what happens when you put something in the show notes without preparing for it, and then it turns into a whole discussion <laughs> that you regret later. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do we do? We take like a moment to pause right here and like figure out what I did. All right, everyone. So we figured it out. Stop yelling at us. We know. Uh, um, it, it was indeed clock average that we had been talking about. And it was actually right. me. It was my prediction. So that's right. uh, I'm, I'm glad that that still is standing. Yeah. It, it, the average did not happen. <laughs> Whew. Yeah. I'm. It, I, yeah. It was funny, though, because I think I brought it up the first, like at first. Yeah, I I would have never thought of it because I don't think about clock like ever. Uh, not, the only reason I thought I of just clock don't. is because I was looking at the records page and it was listed as yeah. an event. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I went with clock average because I was like, I don't know anything about this. And everything I do know something about, I feel like it can be broken. So <laughs> Always go with the unknown. Still feel all right about that. Right. The unknown, it could be anything. It could even be a, a boat. Um, what? It's, I don't know. It's a quote from some TV show. I don't remember which one. I've only heard other people say it. It's like there's a there's a mystery box and a boat, and it's like he's choosing one. He's like, it could be a, the mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. Sounds like let's make a deal or something. Yeah, I, it's like some, I don't know, it's like some sitcom or something, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it just it sounds like something straight from like let's make a deal. Like, yeah, hey, I think that what's was what's behind door number one. Yeah, I think it was like a parody of that or something. <laughs> right, right. Anyway, 
Do we have anything more to say about the world record check-in? Not unless there's a world record behind door number two. It could even be a clock average. Um, <laughs> That'd be great right. if I can get a world record by just like saying, <laughs> I'll trade in, yes, yes, Monty Hall, I will trade in my $300 or for what's behind door number two. And I think <laughs> I'm about to get a world record, but no, I get zonked. Ah, <laughs> uh, Montemus Hall. Um <laughs> <laughs> topics yes do 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 talk it top talk ips top talk top picks top picks top 10 top picks the top 10 top picks of the week number 10 hi have you ever been to a competition nope. well boy <laughs> do i have a system for you great definitely have been to 130 something of those great um <laughs> competitions you know how they go nope. you have a dedicated staff to do all the things nope. what if you didn't have to uh and instead everybody is the staff i don't know about you but i've been doing that for years now what <laughs> that's crazy i didn't hear about this from you at all <laughs> um we, we just tried this for the first time in socal oh you did uh at at a competition yeah growing pains i imagine yeah it was a little weird a little is <laughs> i'll go through it okay um so in case anyone hasn't quite pi- pi- uh, pieced together what i'm talking about it's when you have a judging system or a staffing system at a competition where you like just have everyone who competes staff basically we did the thing that i think you mentioned which well, i should mention i wasn't like the organizer of this competition i just attended and helped out a bunch mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we were, we were doing a thing where if you were just competing in three by three, you didn't have to staff for anything. Like if it was your, if that was all you were doing. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and we still, but we still had enough staff to like assign people from uh, for other things during every round. And yeah, from what I could put together, the schedule was very relaxed. Um, hmm. Just because we were expect they were expecting like you know there could be, be problems with the system and stuff that we hadn't planned for so just make it very relaxed that we stay on schedule no matter what Mm -hmm. after the first two events we were about an hour behind Uh, oh good (laughs) um but by the end of the day we were caught back up so yeah the judging tutorial at the start or well the compete competitor and judge tutorial at the start was weird uh we didn't have a very we didn't have like a microphone or anything so we were just kind of yelling into a crowded room uh, and when you when you're not doing ideal. that for the first time, you probably have you know like sixty people trying to pay attention to you. Yeah, no, that was it wasn't great, but it kind of worked out. People at least were familiar enough that it didn't take us too long to explain things to ha- how, like how judging worked and stuff afterwards to them. Um, so it's like they didn't really learn from it, but they like learned the skeleton of how to do it. So that was enough, um, and I'm sure that'll get better in the future, hopefully. And yeah, other than that, like, it was nice to be able to sort of stand back a bit for a lot of the day because, you know, I was just like a normal competitor at that point, although I did do a lot more than most other competitors mm-hmm. just because I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was kind of nice to just be able to like take a, take time off and know that there would be people there to cover and stuff. Yeah. So what, so one thing that I think that might you might have noticed that was like really great about the system is that by the end of the day... 
one of the things that's always a struggle I find with, you know, competitions that, you know, local competitions that try to do the whole dedicated staff thing um, is that, you know, most of the people on your staff are decent at cubing and they'll make second rounds and finals. And then you're like, uh, so who's going to judge all of these now? Yeah, we didn't really have any of that. So that you're right. That's that is a good thing with it. Yeah, um, because you don't have to just teach anybody. You already have like a ton of people who are there likely that judged earlier in the day they know how they're relatively experienced now yeah and we like the thing is it was kind of like a formalization of like the system or like it was like an just a strict improvement over what we had been doing because before we would often have to like mid midway through the day like call for new judges and teach people and this way just like formalizes it and adds a dedicated time and stuff so right I don't think we didn't really have that much of a problem before with getting judges at the end of the day because we had sort of a like group of people we had trained throughout the day, but this made that whole thing easier. Yeah, you just knock out the whole training at once, which sounded like it might have not been the most ideal situation though. But <laughs> no, yeah, we definitely did have things to improve, but overall, I I can see it's gonna it's a good system. Yeah, I was definitely scared of of doing it at first because it definitely seemed daunting to try to like you know. I think one of the main concerns I had was just like judging quality, you know, that some people just might not make great judges. And, you know, that's, but the thing is, that's always the case. We, we, we definitely had more, um, like writing down times, uh, in a, like a specifically like plus twos and stuff. Like yeah. they would write like 10 point something plus two and that's all. Yep. And so I had to spend a bunch of time like chasing people down, figuring out what, st- what stuff like that was supposed to mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, overall, nothing too too crazy happened. Yeah, that's good. And the main thing, too, is that the more you do it, the more it becomes, like, the standard for how to run competitions, the easier it'll get. Eventually, you know, you're going to ha- people will be coming back to these competitions, and they'll already know how to judge because they went to a competition already. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like the first two or three where, you know, you still have a lot of people who aren't used to the system that you just end up with a lot of growing pains. Yeah, And even, even now we still have, you know, the first group of the day take, you know, a little bit longer than usual just because, you know, you have a lot of new judges, they're still figuring things out and, you know, eventually get through, but there's always like, even once, you know, the community as a whole is used to it, there's still hiccups early on, but it smooths out later and it's just so much nicer when, you know, you have an expectation set for when people should compete. Um, the system we do actually, we basically say for every event you sign up for, you help, um, and we design whatever group you get assigned to, you basically always just help the group immediately after. Uh, yeah, I think, I don't know, I wasn't involved in the organization part, but I'm pretty sure they did something like that. Yeah, we like the simplicity of that because um, we can just say, if you were just competing, you should be helping now. Okay, that's good. So if people, like, lose their name tag or whatever. Yeah, I'll pass that on to our people because it wasn't exactly that simple, and that's a good idea. Yeah, we we like that, the simplicity of it because then people, know like, expect when to come up. Um, obviously, eventually, yeah. you know, you have to, uh, like, you know, um, you can't do that system forever um, because you're going to get to the, you know, the first group will be up and there won't be anyone who competed beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, 
and then so we just loop it around where the you know whoever competes last will help first i the the weird thing about the competition was like normally we have small events in the morning so you go in if you're someone like me who competes in everything you go in and it's real quiet and it's like really chill for like the first half of the day yeah for this it was just like you walk in the room was already like super loud and like uh it was just it was a shock <laughs> oh yeah yeah well yeah because that's one of the things when you do this system is you know you want to find the right time to do a tutorial and say if you start with two by two or pyraminx or something um like sure you're gonna have a lot of people there um but a lot of new people just only do like a, a couple of events mm -hmm. and it might not include pyraminx uh, so it's like, well, okay, so we could have it at the beginning of the day, but a lot of people might just be showing up for their first event like an hour down the schedule. But then if you do it later in the day, like before whenever 3 by 3 starts, there could have been a lot of events before with newbies that have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So we had 3 by 3 first. Yeah, so. and that's, we've, we, basically unless, we do sometimes like 3 blind first or like 7 by 7 first. Uh-huh. Oh. Continue. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it's a numbers thing. I it's got to be something numbers related. <sighs> Have I really not said a number yet? Is that my first number <laughs> well, this episode? Well, I might have not noticed something, <laughs> uh, but it's also not just saying a number. I mean, come on, it's not that easy. I mean, I'm sure it's not, but it's, it, it, it like I remember last time it had something to do with two, or <laughs> like I was saying two at the time, so it's definitely oh, number drive you related. Crazy. <laughs> I remember I was going to start the episode by going like two, 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 two. <laughs> if I forgot about that, <laughs> uh, you forgot. Uh. You'll never find figure it out. If I just stay more vigilant about this, remember, like, you gotta do, like, random things at the beginning of the episode that just try to <laughs> randomly trigger the bell. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. as I was saying, um, we put events like, you know, 3 blind or 7 by 7 by 7 early on. I'm only gonna ring the bell once. <laughs> <laughs> by 7 by 7 by 7 by 7. Um, so... Basically, if the event is sufficiently advanced that um, we don't think there'll be many newcomers, or if there is a newcomer in those events, mm -hmm. that we can just kind of deal with it on an ad hoc basis where, you know, we might just do a quick one-off training or, you know, if someone's coming to their first competition and they are competing in 7x7, seven seven, they probably also have a decent idea of what they're getting themselves into. <laughs> Rather than compared to someone who, like, you know, learned how to solve three by three and that's it and they're going to a competition, you know, they might not mm -hmm. have as much knowledge about what is going on. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, for the most part, we pretty much always do three by three first, but maybe something advanced before that. I don't know if you are, you know, a huge Blake Thompson fan. Uh, I know of him. But, wait, you you just know of him? I mean, I know him also. You know? You knowing of him. You know Blake Thompson. Wait, what? Is this is this not a thing? I mean, how, how can you just know Blake Thompson? I am, like, the number one fan of Blake Thompson. You have to, like, <laughs> at least love the guy. 
Okay, uh, I can go with that. Okay, great. Awesome. So he did an unboxing video a few weeks ago, I think now. Um, uh-huh. And he had a new cube in stickerless with a purple side. Ooh. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. So, like, what's the deal and why is this not more of a thing? <laughs> like yeah even if it's not purple like if people just want different blues or something like why do we not have custom stickerless shades yet i feel like this should not be that hard and i know for a fact like lauren is dying for this to happen because she you know has a <laughs> color scheme with pink and purple in it i thought you were gonna say she's dying her own cubes oh <laughs> good one i didn't even realize she i made a pun it. she should do it <laughs> we, we tried actually a, a while ago um oh yeah yeah because we were, we were curious just to see if we could do it for proof of concept um mm-hmm. and we tried like the you know the acetone writ dye method on uh thunderclap and the white pieces were just not k- taking on the color huh we did you i mean you probably didn't but you i feel like you could do it with primary color better like the undyed plastic yeah the, the issue is just a lot of cubes don't come in primary it'd be really cool if they did but <laughs> yeah i mean we were thinking that like at the very least like if it, you know if we were going to try to dye something white makes the most sense just because you know you're not gonna have the remains of whatever the old color was we maybe got it to have like a slight tint and that was about it and like the problem was that the the acetone which is supposedly what's like lets the dye into the plastic because it melts it slightly the pieces were just starting to get too deformed if we left it in there any longer to try to get it to accept more dye. So we tried that, but it didn't work. So the, the way Blake got it though, is uh, Chris Tran has some apparently super secret cube dyeing method <laughs> that he uses. <laughs> I don't know exactly. I mean, he made like some like super like all out America square one at some point. I remember <laughs> that has like bald eagles and American flags oh, wow. on it or whatever. Uh, that's cool yeah i guess um, <laughs> i mean the, the ability to do that is yeah cool. for sure um i don't see that i mean i'm not even talking about the top like what's on the cube it's just more like the fact that like i don't understand like the the purpose other than just like novelty I, it's like to me it's like cool you put a design on the cube question mark i don't know like definitely cool for like you know novelty but i don't see like i i guess i think for practicality and competition a lot but so here's the thing that annoys me though we have this gan infinity thing look the the main theme of this is that gan just annoys the shit out of me um but (laughs) okay um they have this whole gan infinity thing where you can get like you know custom this custom that and one of the options that just drives me up a wall is that they get a custom inside color of your plastic uh, but, you, but you can't get an outside color. Yeah, like, why? Like, do they offer? No. Do they offer outside? Like, are, are the inside colors things that you can't even get on the outside? Some of them, Or are yes. they just, like, the same colors they use? It, some of them are colors you cannot get on the outside. Well, that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, literally maddening to me that they... Because I, I, I swear one of the options was, like, pink on the inside. Mm. Now I want to check this to be sure. You can, on the inner shell color, get white, jade, white, black, blue, cyan, pink, or red. And, like, why can we not 
like you get the option for the outside is just stickered or stickerless. And if you get it stickered, you can get a bunch of different, you know, solid colors. But here's the maddening part too. And this is why I can't even use the new like three, five, six X the way, like for a lot of cubes, like if you aren't aware of my color scheme, you know, uses black and a bunch of stuff switched around. But it's very easy for most companies, you can buy a black pieces from a black cube and separate them and reassemble. Here's the maddening thing about the 356X. They, on the stickerless cube, of course, have individual colored caps. Mm-hmm. So that, like, you you know, you snap on the edge color, you know, two edge caps and three corner caps. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I just need to get a black cube and, you know, like, pull the caps off. But apparently the caps on the sticker or the stickered black cube are full piece caps. Oh. No. Like why? Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it's like a quality thing and like, you know, not a lot of people are going out of their way to get black sides on a stickerless cube. And it looks nicer without the seams, but it's like it saves you money <laughs> to do it this way and it's more functional. Yeah, I'm all for better stickerless shades. Like one of the main reasons that i was first attracted to the gts3 mm-hmm. was because i just really liked like how dark the blue was for one thing and like how dark the red was blue is something that i think is the most divisive color in cust in like anyone's um stickerless cube i i've definitely seen some really light blues and some really dark blues i, I think i find uh red is as well yes like uh if the, so the red and the blue on the gts3 were both like i really like them both and i think they have good contrast Mm -hmm. um that was one of the main things like that was the reason i switched from the gts2 to the gts3 was because the gts2 my recognition actually suffered because of how like it's not even like they were close but just i don't know the red and the orange didn't work with my brain for some reason Mm -hmm. yeah but the gts3 has great contrast and stuff Mm -hmm, for sure yeah, I wish I had more options for cubes that I actually liked the color scheme of. Yeah. Or the color shades. And, like, here's here's the thing that just drives me. Like, like I, I think this is just an idea that some cube company should get on the train for. Andrew, you might be too young for this, but, you know, there were, back in the day, we, we built our cubes ourselves. We didn't just buy cubes assembled. There were DIY kits, and you just, you know, got a bag of pieces... So a core, some screws, some springs, and you just threw it together yourself. Um, this is why I have my color scheme, because, you know, everything was a DIY kit back then, and who cares if you have to just build the whole thing yourself anyways? Why don't we have stickered, or sorry, stickerless DIY kits? Just, you know, be able to, like, buy, like, a custom DIY kit where they just dump six colors worth of pieces into your bag, and you build it yourself. I'm I'm sure there's reasons for it. Like that sounds like it could be expensive, but if they're already making other pieces that are differently it's, colored, it anyway, sounds I mean, cheaper well. to me. Like I, to, the thing to me is that you're selling cubes, and sure you have to make more like types of pieces, like in terms of the colors. But if you're doing it as a DIY kit, just sell it at the same price, and you now cut out a ton of the labor of like actually putting the thing together. Right. You just, yeah, it only makes sense to really do as a DIY kit. Right, for sure. Or it makes it's a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and I mean, like, if you're doing a custom thing, like, you know, the Gan Infinity thing and, like, you know, the assembly is part of it or whatever, or, like, if this is a, um, like, a service that, you know, a, a cubicle starts or something like that, where they, as part of, like, labs or pro shop or whatever, will build a custom stickerless cube for you. But I am just, it's just baffling to me that we've had stickerless cubes legal for this long and people whining about stickerless shades so much. And then, like, here comes Gan, like, oh, we're going to do this great custom cube thing. And it's like, here, here's a bunch of things you can customize that you don't really give a shit about. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, Gan drives me up a wall. I, it, they're, they, they are so, in so many ways the apple of cubing in that, like, they give you so many features that you just don't need. So many options you just don't even need. So, I don't know. That's Gan, That's my Gan rant, and why I am just infuriated with Gan. All right, so this topic was requested for us to speak upon by uh, RubiksLub3 on the Reddit, and this person asked us about the Nod Don. Kit, have you heard of the Nod Don? All right, time out. That's clearly Rubik's Lube. It's just with a three. Why you would say Rubik's Lub is beyond me. <laughs> It's obviously Rubik's Lub 3. It's a 3 by 3 Rubik's Lub. Can you explain to me what a Rubik's Lub is? <laughs> it's the new cube from GAN. It comes in oh, don't black even go there. or stickerless. <laughs> don't even go there. You, <laughs> Look, you get... I messaged GAN asking <laughs> if they could just get some black caps to me. And they were just like... <laughs> Yeah, it, they basically in the nicest way said, yeah, no, which is, we will consider it. <laughs> uh, well, uh, anyway, so this uh, Nod Don <laughs> from Mr. Rubik's Lub. Um, <laughs> have you heard of the Nod to Don? Uh, Andrew, I'm already triggered. Or as I like to call it, Nadon. <laughs> Nadon? Yeah, have you heard of this Nadon? You mean... N zero zero N. <laughs> yes, no don. Why are you pronouncing um, zeros like O's? Because well, they're obviously it's a capital O with a line through it. Um, Is there anything actually like? Are we making any content right now, or are we like just <laughs> that's, saying that's the trick? Kit. I learned this a long time ago on YouTube. The trick is like you don't actually do anything, but people believe you do. Um, so are we just we're just taking that to podcasting? So okay, yeah, it, it, it's like like saying words wrong is a classic way of creating content. <laughs> Kadaler sign. I say huh? content. Uh, what? <laughs> Kadaler side, ha. Huh? <laughs> uh, that's that's my name. Don't wear it out. Um, oh, your name, okay. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> not Don. Um, maybe we'll actually talk about this now. Um, I I have mixed feelings about it. I think that um, it's a tough thing to judge because you know, the, and this has been discussed a lot in how that. Uh, you know, where's the line between doing moves before you put the blindfold on? 
I think we forgot to tell what the nod don is. Oh, um, what is what? Uh, did we not in that whole five minutes already? Jeez. No, I was trying to set you up to like briefly explain <laughs> it or like prompt me to explain it, but then you, we, that didn't happen. Uh, so, so the nod don the, is is basically yeah. what it sounds like, right? You nod, you don. The blindfold we're talking about. <laughs> That's right. I should probably say that. Yeah, it's in blindfolded solving. You know you have a blindfold on, you do a little nod, and the blindfold dons itself. Yeah, so you don't need to, like, reach your hand up and take your hand off the cube when you're starting. Exactly, which is, you know, a very minor efficiency. Um, so your thoughts on it. Uh, as a judge, you were saying? It's really difficult to know when uh, a competitor is considered to have the blindfold on and then can begin making moves. Because I can see scenarios where someone like does the nod and the blindfold is like still sliding down their face but by doing the nod they think oh i can start making turns now and Mm -hmm. you know they make a bunch of turns while they can still see which should be a dnf and i don't know it makes me wonder if you know some sort of you know physical contact with the blindfold you know with your hands or should be required one thing you could do is have a string attached to the blindfold like around your thumb right yeah that's that's actually something i thought of a long time ago and this whole thing brought that up again and i was like do you think that would be more clear i don't know i i I feel like that's also tricky (laughs) because (laughs) like it doesn't remove the fact that your hands are on the cube and like could be making moves on it while you're putting the blindfold on Mm -hmm. the thing is that i only see this ever being applied to like high level solving like if like dnfing solves because the blindfold wasn't on sort of thing the thing is like it's such a split second decision that i can't imagine that judges live will be able to make a call on whether they put the blindfold on correctly and there were definitely blind solvers that i think were concerned about this too and they didn't want to like you know have to try to push the edge like that um and i think i kind of agree with that just because like it's, it, it turns the a whole blindfold event into this sort of, like, risk-based timing game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where, like, yeah. <laughs> you, you gain a, a couple tenths of a second because, you know, you can have your hands on the cube and slap the blindfold down with your nodding. I don't know. It's... I don't feel, like, strongly against it, but I, like, would prefer it didn't exist almost. Yeah, I think that... Like, there needs to be some clear differentiation between the start of the solve and stuff. And I don't know if there's a way to do that without, like, reaching up and putting on the blindfold. Like, of course, you still have the cube in your other hand, but until people start trying to do one-handed moves as they're bringing their hand down from the blindfold, I don't think that's going to be a problem, and that doesn't sound like a good idea anyway. Yeah, it's definitely tough to distinguish it without, like, using a video or something. Right, yeah, it's... I mean, it's already hard enough to, like, have judges catch, like, timer start and stop problems. Like, I can't imagine the number of those that go uncaught at competitions just because, like, you know, even I'm paying attention and sometimes, like, when I see their hands go down, I'm like, that looked close, but I'm not sure. Yeah. If that was palm or wrist or, if you know, it was on the start, fingers or palm. Yeah, I don't know. It's really tough to, I feel, to try to um, enforce that sort of thing very consistently. And I worry that, you know, 
if we don't have more clear ways to signal the start of solving where this isn't an issue that you know it's just going to be really uh more scrutiny put on you know world-class solvers and videos that they release of their solves assuming they're doing non-don stuff cool well i just wanted to have a discussion on it there since it was brought up on the reddit well, did you have any thoughts i basically jeopardized the discussion <laughs> no i mean you basically said everything i wanted oh. to say so <laughs> uh like, even the string thing. I thought I was going to be cool bringing that up, but then you did. Oops. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think so, Ma- yeah. Mascow uh, did that at one point, I think. Really? A string? Not, like, attached to his hand, but there was a string, like, coming down from the blindfold so he didn't have to reach as far to put hmm. it on. Interesting. Yeah. But you could take it. You definitely could take it a step further and, like, tie it to your hand so that it could be. Or even, like, your knee or something. Mm, Yeah. I feel like that'd be really hard to control, though. (laughs) (laughs) You just have to kind of, like, have your knee up at the start of the solve. Just awkwardly, like, put it up on the chair or something and just, like, slam it into the ground. Maybe then the stomping of your foot is a signal of when the blindfold's down. Yeah. The the awkward thing there, though, is that, um, you know, depending on, like, the height or the pitch of the chair... Mm-hmm. You'd have to have like a different length to your blindfold. Yeah. <laughs> and also it would like, can you imagine like if it was tied around your knee, like you couldn't stand up wearing your blindfold <laughs> because like it, the string would be clearly too short. And like, if you, you yeah. tried to stand up in, from the position where it's at the right length sitting down, like your blindfold would like start choking you. <laughs> from the back i guess but yeah would break your neck right yeah like <laughs> you'd like stand up and your neck would just snap down to your knee or you like take it off and like have a blindfold like dragging across the ground <laughs> or something with you i don't know i don't know i don't feel terribly strongly one way or another i just kind of wish it didn't exist but i don't know if there's really a good way to you know write in the regulations a way to prevent nod donning like you must touch your yeah. face. I don't know. <laughs> How strongly um, defined is a blindfold itself? Like, I'm pretty sure you can, like, you can, like, wear a hoodie backwards, right? And, like, put it over your face if you can prove that it you can't see through it. Yeah, I've, I've accepted that. Like, I've put the, I've taken, I've asked them to take their hoodie off. I put the hood over my face and I'm like, yep, can't see a thing. Have, have fun. Yeah. Could you, like, duck under the table and say that the table is your blindfold as you hold your hands above it? <laughs> um, I don't think that counts. It's <laughs> Now I'm just imagining, like, world-class blind solvers. They're, like, slowly crouching down and reaching their hands above their head as they're getting closer and closer <laughs> to starting their execution. Or just, like, they face plant into the table of, like, table's my blindfold. <laughs> just... <laughs> Uh, they have to like specifically like move over so they don't hit the stack mat with their face (laughs) something like that they just bring a pillow (laughs) set that in the solving station the pillow is my blindfold (laughs) yeah (laughs) no i mean i know a pillow with duct shape yeah so it's like stuck to your face when you slam your head into it (laughs) great idea yeah, I, I, for the most part, blindfold is a, what a blindfold is defined to be is like at the approval of the delegate. 
So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, you can ba- you can really use common sense here of what should and shouldn't be acceptable. I don't have a Martin Agdol of the day. Do you have a reg of the day? Is it time to kill that segment? It might be. We'll see if it comes back next week. It might be just a thing that happens whenever there's something interesting I learn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did you not learn that he eats food or something? Oh, hey, you heard of this guy? Uh, <laughs> he, uh, 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 sleeps sometimes. Wow. Incredible. I watch. Um, hey, do you have a reg of the day? <laughs> All right, I do have a regulation, Andrew. It is oh, one yeah? E. One E. That's right. Tell me. What is this regulation? Each event must have one or more judges. What? No way! <laughs> what? <laughs> so I have a story about this, actually. Um, you see, back in uh-huh. old time, you know, time period insert here, um, there was a WCA <laughs> event that, you know, Decided that, you know, we don't really need judges. Uh-huh. We're just going to, you know, solve things and write things down and put them in an Excel spreadsheet, set, submit to WCA and have have a nice day. And you see, the WCA this... wasn't happy about this, so they decided, you know, uh-huh. we really need to make sure <laughs> that competitions have judges. Uh-huh. So they wrote a regulation for it. Wow. I know, right? I feel like this whole episode has been a parody of itself. <laughs> I mean, it it would fit as an April Fool's episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good thing I'm re- releasing this like two weeks after April Fool's. <laughs> and that's the joke. Uh, yep. We got you. <laughs> so to be fair, um, the regulation really more serves as a definition because there are useful sub-regulations of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, one of the sub-regulations is probably just as, uh, useless, which is a judge is responsible for executing procedures of the event. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Judges shouldn't yeah. judge. But, uh, the, the more interesting ones here are the ones that, uh, say that a judge may judge multiple competitors simultaneously at the discretion of the delegate, and every competitor mm-hmm. must be available for judging, which kind of ties back into our first topic of the day yeah uh wow yeah incredible i actually made what i thought was a useless regulation relevant my bad <laughs> i think i think the uh, one about judges being able to judge multiple people at once is kind of interesting because mm-hmm. obviously like i've seen that done for big blind mm-hmm. specifically multi can you do that for other things like can you do that for timed events oh we do i've done definitely done it before like um for seven by seven i've definitely had people double judge huh Wow, because I've never considered that. The the event is so slow that like you know when you, you know where we typically in the U.S. have six or eight foot tables with two stations each there, um, mm-hmm. and you know whoever's sitting in when you sit in between tables, you just kind of sit back and kind of keep an eye on both competitors simultaneously. Mm-hmm. You know you can get one started and like when the other one finishes up, you write the scorecard out real quick. You know let them finish up. And, you know, probably that whole time, that competitor on the other side of you is still solving. 
Um, so for very long events, um, you know, if you're really short on, you know, judges for whatever reason, I've definitely seen that done before and I've allowed that to be done before. But yeah, it's, it's pretty rare. And generally it's only done when we like have a comp, I think we did it like at a competition once where, um, uh, we had fewest moves going on, but there was like an, an alternate event people who are not doing fewest moves in the main room could be doing. Mm, okay. But with all the fewest moves people gone, we were just like really short on people <laughs> because the people who were out there were basically the people doing that event. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, we we I believe it was like five by five or something, and I allowed some people that I trusted to do double judging to speed things up a little bit. I've never considered that before. I didn't even realize you could do it for other events. Yeah, nothing's saying you can't as long, basically as long as I trust the person to do it, I'll let them do it. But yeah, the it also contains the regulation that basically allows you to have the system that you started using at your competitions because the regulations say that, you know, every competitor has to be available to judge and could risk disqualification if they don't, which is an interesting regulation. I don't know, it's, it's uh, not many other um, organized activities i don't want to say sports because that puts a whole nother debate onto this um but you know not many organized activities depend on the competitors i feel to be the judges as well yeah that's true so but i think that's what makes us a cool community yeah yeah Ooh, go cubing go cubing use water gun <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's not super very effective. effective. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty thirsty. I could go for a water gun. <laughs> uh, okay, Andrew. Um, Cubing <laughs> uh, fainted. Layer by layer gained 30 experience points. <laughs> layer by layer died 30 years ago. <laughs> No. <laughs> no. Does that mean I'm dead? Hi. Welcome to heaven. This is the best we could do for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> you mean my heaven is basically living my daily life? That's right. You already have it literally as good as is physically possible for you to have it. And by it, I mean life and death. And so is, is life just a big circle? Uh, yes, but since we're releasing this podcast to the mortals, I'm not legally allowed to say yes. It's the circle of life. So, have you heard of this thing? Uh, yep. Uh, wait. <laughs> uh, uh, give me another shot. Uh, <clears throat> have you? <laughs> yep. 